You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. And are the Aggies just a New Year's Six Bowl team? Nothing more, nothing less? There's a couple of analysts that believe that. We're going to look into the pros and cons of why people believe that going into the year. Plus, an inside look at the offensive line as a whole for a brand new unit. This episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by rockauto.com. Go visit rockauto.com and type in Locked On on the How'd You Hear About section so they know that we sent you. It's amazing selections, reliably low prices, and all the auto parts you will ever need. rockauto.com, it's the place to be. As always, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th Man-related content found here on LOP. You can always subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So, the Aggies. They're going to be a fun team to watch in 2021, especially coming off a 9-1 season. Everyone knows that they are a good team. Everyone knows that they are here to play in the SEC, and they're no longer the little brothers or little sisters or whatever you want to call them. They are actually a juggernaut. I've said this before. I'll say it again. There's really four teams. I'll throw a fifth in there that can just be the wild card of all the other aspects of the you know SEC that I truly think have a shot of winning the college football playoff title, representing the SEC, and possibly even hoisting up a national championship. Number one is Alabama. They're the reigning champs. Number two is Georgia. This is the year where I feel like Georgia is the most complete. Number three is Texas A&M. I feel like as long as the offensive line can play well, it doesn't matter who's under center. It's going to be good. Number four is Florida. Kind of the same thing, except switch it. I think Emory Jones is going to be the right option, but is that defense going to be able to step up like Texas A&M's defense? And then throw the wild card in there. I really like Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss has the right coach, the right quarterback. They didn't lose much on defense. They're going to have to replace the production of Kenny Yeboah. They're going to have to replace the production of Elijah Moore, but they still have Jerry on early in the backfield. So I like this Ole Miss team. But those are my five. That's it. After that, we're done. That's it. I don't think LSU can contend for a national title this year. I don't think Tennessee's in the conversation. I think Kentucky's going to be really interesting, but that's about it. Now, again, those are the four teams that everyone is kind of mentioning, and those are the four teams that likely are going to see some bit of production when it comes to bowl games. Now, if this was, say, 2022, where we did get the national perspective of a 12-team playoff, I could see all four making it. Absolutely. I, I I think one would be eliminated. I'll throw Ole Miss out because I do think they're the weakest of the bunch. But I do think all four would be in the conversation for a college football playoff spot. Likely two of them actually being top four teams. Unfortunately, that's not this year. We got to wait one more year. And Athlon Sports is another website that is projecting Texas A&M to be a New Year's Six team but not a college football playoff team. So you go through their list and you go through the New Year's Six Bowl games. It's actually pretty good. Uh, Chick-fil-A Bowl, they have Florida playing North Carolina. So again, another team that I mentioned. They have the Rose Bowl being Wisconsin and Oregon. 
I think both those teams make a lot of sense. Uh, the Sugar Bowl, you have Iowa State and Georgia. That makes a lot of sense because I do think that if Georgia loses to whoever's playing in the SEC championship game, they're probably going to the Sugar Bowl. You have the Fiesta Bowl, which is Cincinnati and Texas A&M. So, all three teams make it. New Year's Six Bowl game. Uh, those are the New Year's Six. College playoff. No surprise. Alabama, Ohio State. Clemson, Oklahoma. Indianapolis. They have Alabama playing against Clemson to win it all. I do like the matchup of Texas A&M playing Cincinnati. I do think of, that, uh, of all those games. North Carolina has flaws. Florida has flaws. Makes a lot of sense. I think when you look at Oregon... Don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. Don't know what Wisconsin's going to do defensively. But overall, these are two very solid teams. Probably either number one or number two, respectively, in their conferences. Iowa State, Georgia. I think Iowa State and Georgia both have a legitimate chance to not only win their conference, but definitely make the SC, I mean, make the college football playoff. So I like that. And then I like the matchup between what you have with this Cincinnati team, this knit and grit style of team. That is trying to prove they belong. And then you have this other team in Texas A&M that has proven they belong, but they just don't have the respect. And neither one of these schools actually has the respect. Neither one do. Any single person you ask, Texas A&M, oh, they're like the second or third best team in the SEC. Yeah, they could be. They also could be the best team in the SEC. But no one wants to mention that. Cincinnati. They had a legitimate argument last year to go to the college football playoff. And if this was the college football playoff right now, the New Year's Six Bowl teams would be the ones to go. They would be the non-Power 5 school represented. And I do believe going into this year, they would be the only pick for 2022, I mean 2021-2022 season that would get that opportunity. They're the only ones that make a ton of sense to actually represent the New Year's Six Bowl team. They're returning their starting uh, quarterback in Desmond Ritter. They're returning their starting um, one of their star wide receivers. They're returning one of their star running backs. Uh, they're returning Sauce Gardner and I forget the other guy in the defensive backfield. But they have a lot of starters coming back. And Luke Fickle's trying to prove that he is deserving of a Power 5 head coaching job. While also trying to prove that the AAC is not a team to sleep on. It's not a conference that's just a joke. But I do wonder... Is this going to be Texas A&M's ceiling? For right now, and I know a lot of people are probably going to give me slack for this. Yeah, it probably is. And that does not mean that today is anything. It just means that today, the ceiling, until we know about the offensive line and the quarterback, offensively, is probably a New Year's Six Bowl game. Because I believe that Texas A&M can go toe-to-toe with Alabama. They could go toe-to-toe with Georgia, they certainly can go toe-to-toe with Florida because we just saw that. But can they do it consistently at a level every single week to where they're not going to get upset? I actually believe that if A&M loses a game this year, like two games, I'll, I'll, I'll just do two because I think that's fair. If they lose two games this year, I believe one is Alabama and one is Ole Miss. Or one is Ole Miss And the other one is to Georgia in the SEC Championship. That's it. And with two losses, you're not going to the college football playoff. That's always the case. You have to be undefeated going into Atlanta to lose that game and still be in the conversation. If you don't believe me, look at Alabama. They should have not been 
in the college football playoff conversation. But because they got that bye from playing in the SEC championship that year, Georgia played Auburn. They beat Auburn. Auburn then had three losses, I believe. Yeah, I think it was three losses. Three losses. Game over. They allowed Alabama to have that one loss to Auburn at the end of the season and still go. So it makes sense. Until you know what the quarterback position is and until you know what to make of that offensive line, you're in no man's land. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight is where you sit going into the year with that offensive line. So again, New Year's Six Bowl game, great. A&M is right there. But so is Florida, so is Georgia, so is Alabama. Every single team has a flaw. But it just feels like Alabama has the fewest flaws because they're Alabama. You figure out the quarterback, which I do believe that they will. I've said it multiple times in the show, I'll say it again. Haynes King or Zach Calzada easily could lead this offense with no qualms. But that offensive line, you have got to bank on being successful. That is the only way you will start seeing Texas A&M not mentioned in a New Year's Six appearance and in a college football playoff appearance for 2021. You know what I hate? Spending extra money that I don't need to on car parts because of I don't know where to look for the part myself. I have to pay a production fee, an installment fee, a service fee, and all these other fees when I can install it if I just knew where to look. Now I do, and it's from our sponsors at rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is an online auto part family business that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. Why spend 30, 50, or even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store when you could from a Rock Auto dealership? Here's an exact exa- uh, exact example. Honda Odyssey fuel pump costs $353 from a chain store, $216 on RockAuto.com. The prices are always reliably low, and they have everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil and even a brand new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available with your car or truck. Write locked on in the how'd you hear about us section so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, and all the auto parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com, it's the place to be. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's talk about the offensive line. This is going to be the biggest conversation starter of the And I've said this for a while. I will die on this hill. I'm very okay with dying on this hill. You can win with either quarterback. And a lot of people are against the quarterback position. It has to be one or the other. One or the other. Somebody's got to take the lead. No, they don't. Because of I believe both of these quarterbacks can work. Not because of anything else. But we've seen it. If you're looking for a Kellen Mond type, Haynes King needs to start. He can move outside the pocket. He will not run great, but he will move. He will deliver. He will keep drives alive. That's what you need. If you want to go with the old school style quarterback that Jimbo Fisher has been successful with his entire career, you go with a Zach Calzada. But none of that matters until you know your offensive line. It is the one position that Texas A&M is going to have to figure out how to replace. Because quarterback, it's one position. 
You got to place one guy. The offensive line, you're replacing four. No more Jared Hawker. No more Carson Green. No more... Sorry about that. Ryan McCollum. No more Dan Moore. You got four new guys coming up. And honestly, you're moving Kenyon Green, your All-American guard, to left tackle. So the question is, what do you do when you look at this offensive line? There's a lot of ways you can go. There's more ways than not. I will say this, and I'll get this out of the way. Luke Matthews is going to be the starting center. It's going to be Luke Matthews. I don't need to waste much time on that. I've talked to multiple people. They believe it's going to be Luke Matthews. Luke Matthews, and I think his family believes it's going to be Luke Matthews. It's going to be Luke Matthews. He will be the starting center. Now we got to figure out who are going to be the next three. But Phil Steele, who comes out with his analytics every year, runs it through the machine, figures out where Texas A&M, every other team in the country sits going into the season, spoke to Jimbo Fisher. And Jimbo Fisher told him that he believes right now that there is a good shot this offensive line is going to be great. And he actually spoke to this on Chris Gordy with the Locked On SEC podcast. When I talked to Jimbo Fisher last year towards the end of the year, I was going over his offensive line with him for the Joe Moore Award, said Steele. He was telling me that despite as good as Texas A&M's offensive line was last year with five returning starters, Phil, we're going to lose four offensive linemen, but we're going to be more athletic and probably have more NFL prospects this year and maybe even a better offensive line. So again, there's a good shot that they actually have a significantly growing offensive line. And that's a good thing because last year, there was a very good shot that Texas A&M was the team that deserved the Joe Moore Award. They allowed four sacks on the season. Two came in the first game. Two came the remaining eight. And then um, nine, actually. Nine. No, eight, because they allowed uh, one in the um, Orange Bowl, but that didn't count at the time to when you were giving out the hardware. So, yeah. They allowed five sacks on the year, four during the regular season. In the next eight games... They allowed two more. None were two. Also, Alabama or Auburn, who everyone said were going to be the difficult games for A&M to play. They did not give up a sack in either of those games. But you look at what's returning. We already talked about it. Luke Matthews, son of Hall of Famer Bruce Matthews, brother of Jake Matthews, top-level recruit coming out of high school, at tackle, it's going to be really interesting to see because if you do have Jameer Johnson and that is the player that I really want to focus on right now. When you have been in the SEC, you want as many SEC talented players on your roster as possible for nothing more than just the sheer fact of you need players who have been there before. And Johnson has been there before. Johnson has played a ton of games. He has 11 starts and 18 total appearances since coming to Knoxville. Now he's headed to Texas A&M, and he's a right tackle by trade. I like Blake Trainer. I think Blake Trainer has the upside. I think Blake Trainer knows what Daryl Dickey is looking for. I believe Blake Trainer fits. 
the offensive mold to replace Carson Green. But he's barely played against the first-team offense. I think he's played 15 snaps against the first-team offense. That was once because of injury. Jameer Johnson has played 11 starts in 18 total games against this type of offense. He's seen it. He knows what to make of linebackers blitzing, of defensive ends running stunt plays, of offensive tackles having to pull quick because of a nose guard up the middle is going to bully you into screwing up. He knows it. He's seen it. And that doesn't mean that he's probably better, but he knows it, and he knows what can happen. So that's going to be a fun one. But Blake Trainer, he's been around, and on top of that, he does have an edge. Because if he was running with the first-team offense all spring, Johnson was not allowed to start practicing with the team until June. So that's going to be interesting to see. How does that chemistry work? One of these two has to be able to block. But more than that, they also have to be able to play the run extremely well. A&M, as good as the uh, passing attack I think could be in 2021, is still going to rely on that run game. Because the run game is the bread and butter, and I think more than anything else, it's a safety net. It's an easy safety net for them to be able to have a, st- have a spot. Next question is, who's going to be playing the guards? I think there's three names. I think you could actually switch four possibly up. And that's going to be a fun conversation. But you know what else is a fun conversation? Talking about Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Built Bar has nine unique flavors and every single one is covered in 100% real chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. Whether you like a salted caramel or a cherry barcia, go ahead and enjoy that delicious chocolate treat. The bars are low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for anybody on the keto diet. They range from about 180 calories to 15 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. There's not a product like this out on the shelves right now. Go visit BillBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 50% off your next purchase. That's LOCKED15 at BillBar.com. Stop being the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. The MLB second half is right around the corner and with it comes bets. Who is going to be the breakout team moving into the second half and do you like the odds for them to be able to hoist up the championship trophy winning the World Series? If so, go to the one place we love and the one place we trust. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get all your sports action, get all the latest nudes, odds, and more for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, and your MMA UFC action. Before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline over on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and contest information. Head on over to BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. In 20 minutes or less, Peter Bukowski and the Locked On Today crew will get you caught up on everything you need to know in all realms of sports. So right now, you want to catch up on the MLB All-Star Game, you want to catch up on the second half of the season, quotes from the NBA Finals, go listen to the pod. 20 minutes or less, you will be caught up on everything you need to know. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So now we got to look at the guard position, and there's a lot to like there. There's also a few names to really count on. I think when you look at the guards, it's a little easier, but that doesn't mean you're 100% set. It feels like right now the left guard is going to be Aki Unganabi, 
Baanagibi B. I gotta I I gotta learn how to say it. I know it's Uganbayi. Yeah, Uganbayi. That's it. Aki Uganbayi. He's probably gonna be playing the left guard. I think everyone kind of knows that too because of when he was out last year. There was some competition of him being able to even come in immediately and start right away. But instead, because you knew you had Green and Hawker in the way, why waste a year of eligibility? That's how talented he is. And I could see the same thing happening on the right side this year with another player that why waste a year of eligibility when you don't have to, and that's Bryce Foster. Bryce Foster coming out of Katie Taylor is an elite track person. He is an elite track Olympian. Ali can make the Olympics this year. Maybe he can in a few years, but he can throw the shot. He's great at the disc. He does a lot. And you don't need to play him right away so he can learn, hone in his craft, and be able to develop into one of the more great base power blocking guards in America. And I do think that that's his upside. Is he could be the best interior offensive lineman for the next two years when he is a starter. Three years if he goes all three years after his redshirt. And I do believe he will be redshirted. I don't know who's going to be redshirted right now. They haven't come out with it. But I do believe he will be someone 100% that will. Because of the other name. Layden Robinson. Layden Robinson has been around. He's a veteran. He has the experience. He saw first team reps against South Carolina this past year. He has played well. And I do believe that that's a big deal. Now, the other name is Josh Bankhead. Bankhead's another guy who I believe has the upside because of he's been in the system. He was on campus early. He did the early graduate. And now he has two full years, really a year and a half, but still, you get what I'm saying, of learning this offense. Any injury, that's your swing guard. He plays left, he plays right, you go play him anywhere. And I do think in two years, he will be a starter for sure. He'll be a two-year starter without a doubt. The question is, who are the best five? That is a big deal. Because at the end of the day, depending on your quarterback, and they may have it already decided. They may have already sat down Haynes and Zach and said, Haynes is going to go QB1, Zach is going to be QB2, or Zach, you're going to be our starter. Haynes, we're going to go ahead, test this out, keep your helmet ready. They could have said all that. If you do that, you may have to go with one of your best units overall. And sometimes that means playing people out of position. So it wouldn't shock me if you do play Layden Robinson and then you play Luke Matthews, Blake Trainer, Jameer Johnson goes to left tackle, and Kenyon Green goes to left guard. Because if that's going to be the five that work the best, that's your answer. And that's what I'm talking about. You have to play the best five. And there's still some players who you don't, we haven't even talked about. A guy like Ruben Fathery is an all-district, all-conference, I think even, tackle. And he's not on campus yet. We don't know what his upside is, but we do know that everyone expects him to be a starter sometime in the next two years. So I do believe that's another name to watch for. If he has the best camp, if Bryce Foster has the best camp, you cannot waste a year because of, oh, veteranship. Oh, well, they've been in the system. Yeah, you can always change your starting lineup. And here's the good news with a guy like Foster and Fathery. 
they can play four games and then not play the rest of the season. Now, the only thing you risk about playing them early is burning that red shirt later on. But I do think it's interesting that there is a very good shot. They could have impressive camps. But if Phil Steele is right on what Jimbo said about how all these guys can be impressive starters, you have a really good situation on your hands. The offensive line is the weakest link right now in College Station. But the only reason it's weak is because we haven't seen it. Once we see it, it could be very scary and a really, really, really interesting team to watch for. And it could be, honestly, the best of the bunch of the units that Texas A&M has. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. We'll be back on Friday. Let's do an Ask an Aggies Friday. Tell me what you want to know. Tell me what you want to hear. I'll get all those questions figured out. And then we will close out the week before the start of SEC Media Days, breaking down all 14 teams, especially Texas A&M, going into the regular season. See you on Friday. Remember, kick them, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.